1: 84 LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlu.com or call 844 4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to The Great America Show. Thank you for being with us. Nothing works in Joe Biden's Marxist-Dim regime. Biden's border crisis is only worsening. Marxist-Dim New York City Mayor Eric Adams, are you ready? He's on a Please Don't Invade America tour of Latin America this week. He's visiting Mexico, Ecuador, and Colombia. While there, Mayor Adams will tell their citizens not to expect to stay in five-star hotels when they travel to the Big Apple. 125,000 illegals have arrived in New York City since spring. So far this year, we've seen 2 million encounters of illegals, a quarter million gotaways, and that's just what we know about. The battle to find a new Speaker of the House is well underway now. So far in the race, we have Majority Leader and McCarthy acolyte Steve Scalise and House Judiciary Committee Chairman and former Leader of the Freedom Caucus Jim Jordan. They've both announced that they'll seek the position, and there is one other name being thrown around that some people may be surprised by. That name, of course, is President Donald Trump. Trump asked yesterday about the prospect of becoming Speaker of the House. Here's what he had to say. Who should be Speaker?
2: Who should be Speaker? Who should be Speaker, Mr. President? Uh, a lot of people have been following me about Speaker.
3: We have some great, great people. Would you take a job? A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers. But so we're leading by like 50 points for president. You know, my focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process,
1: I would do it. And there you have it. President Trump willing to do all he can to help the Republican Party. Congressman Patrick McHenry, a close friend of Kevin McCarthy, is the acting speaker while we await the vote for a new speaker, and McHenry wasted no time getting to work. McHenry's first order as acting speaker was to evict Nancy Pelosi from her Capitol hideaway office. He gave her 24 hours to pack up and get her stuff the heck out of there. His second order of business was to evict former majority leader Steny Hoyer from his Capitol hideaway office. Those two orders of business raise a big question. Why didn't McCarthy do it himself on day one? And why are there hideaway offices for Democrats when it's a Republican Congress? A lot of questions to be answered here. One member of the Republican establishment who's not taking too well to rhino Kevin McCarthy being ousted is the former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. Newt went on Fox News yesterday and said those members who held McCarthy to his word are, are you ready? Traitors. 96% of the Republicans voted for McCarthy. 4% voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should in fact be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. We ought to be focusing on Biden. We ought to be focusing on the economy. We ought to be focusing on the border. Instead, you're gonna get a week or 10 days of the media focusing on Republican disarray. It's an astonishingly destructive behavior by a handful of egocentric people who think they're superior to 96% of the conference. The responsible person in all of this, of course, is the former speaker, Kevin McCarthy. He was the one who crossed the aisle and betrayed his conference to work with the Marxist Dems, not the eight brave members who held him accountable for breaking his word to the conference. Joining us now is a member of those brave eight, Congressman Matt Rosendale. Congressman, congratulations on all that you and your colleagues have achieved. This is a striking moment for the 118th Congress, and you were among those who started it all off in January All of you standing up, the Brave Six, as you were then known. Now it's the Brave Eight, I guess is the way we should say that. Congratulations. Your
3: thoughts today. Well, I assure you, I take no pleasure in uh, setting history by removing the Speaker of the House. But when something needs to be done uh, and you're called upon to do it, you cannot shy away from it, Lil. And and I truly believe that is in the country's best interest to have another speaker at this time. Uh, We cannot continue down this path that is leading us to financial ruin. And and for decades, uh, leaders on both sides of the aisle have allowed us to build the national debt to $33 trillion. And what I saw was a continuation of the same. You know, folks talk about compromise, they talk about trying to you know, get along with, with folks on the other side of the aisle, and, and I do believe in that. I will not compromise my principles, but I can compromise on policy. However, when the Republican Speaker allows the Democrat minority to dictate the financial legislation, the big financial legislation that is coming out of the House, we have a major problem. And we saw that on the debt ceiling uh, deal, and we saw that again on this continued resolution that we never should have been negotiating to begin with had we simply followed the Budget Act of 1974 and provided the 12 individual appropriation bills by June 30th, which statute, by the way, calls for And by the way,
1: uh, to my understanding, Kevin McCarthy promised exactly that, did he not?
3: He did. He did. And, and so when we've got someone who will not honor their word, who uh, little talked about, acquired 209 Democrat votes to pass a bill this weekend and only 125 Republican votes to pass this continued resolution, clearly uh, he, is, he is serving at the behest of uh, Hakeem Jeffries and the Democrat Party. And, and he broke his word to us. And then the final straw, I really believe, was when we watched on the news and saw that he had negotiated a deal with President Biden to tie border security funding to Ukraine funding, to additional Ukraine funding when they've already received over $100 billion. and And the vast majority of Americans and certainly uh, Montanans and, and and the conference uh, have s- said that they are against that. Well, I want to compliment
1: you again uh, and congratulate you uh, on what you've achieved because I agree with you uh, that a change in speaker was absolutely called for, absolutely necessary uh, if you're to proceed uh, on the promises uh, that were made to the 118th Congress, which was true reform uh, that you all achieve. I'm uh, and I'm saying this for the benefit of the audience. I'm quite aware you're you. As one of the authors of it, you understand it better
3: than anyone. But you, to- you know, I, the thing is, Lou, and we what we were doing is trying to restore Congress. We were not asking for a radical deviation from the norms. All we wanted to do was restore Congress, because over the last 15 to 18 years, we've seen a terrible consolidation of the power into the hands of the Speaker and into the uh, a few select individuals that, that were basically granted a super legislative status. And that's the Rules Committee, and they were making the decisions about everything. And so what we did is said we need to go back to having 72 hours to review all legislation. We need to go back to making sure that all 12 appropriation bills are delivered to the House and delivered out of the House by June 30th. We need to go back to having single subject legislation. Uh, These are all very, very realistic reforms that that pretty much every legislative body around the country uh, operates their states under. Yeah. And uh, are you going to are you all going to make. That
1: a absolute condition of support for whoever runs for speaker that uh, he or she uh, absolutely commit to uh, the appropriations process, go back to the 1974 Budget Control Act uh, to do it. It's the it's the law. You would think that Congress would follow the law, but it hasn't uh, since 1996. So. Uh, you've got a lot here to take care of. Uh, And one of those are your your fellow Republicans in the Senate. I've got to tell you, a number of them have been just, in my opinion, I'm a straight talker, as you know. Uh, They've been just... They're just plain ignorant, uh, and I'm going to call out Tom Cotton for what he said. Uh, he is just absolutely out of his, uh, I, I, out of, you know. I, as far as I'm concerned, he just made a terrible mistake. I'm cleaning up my language here as I go, uh, but Tom Cotton to sit there and talk about collaboration with the Democrats. I reminded him today, at least uh, in social media, that it was Matt Gates, Republican who put forward the motion to vacate. It was the Democrats who followed uh, you and your colleagues uh, in supporting the Gates' resolution, uh, the motion uh, to vacate. I I mean, the ignorance of it. And then I asked Tom Cotton and some of the senators, "You know, excuse me, are are you the same folks who uh, are taking in all of that big pharma money, all of that big Wall Street money, all of that big business money, big tech money, big money, uh, and you follow... McConnell around and Schumer around like uh, like puppies uh, behind their money trade. I mean, it's outrageous, it uh, this,
3: uh, this conduct that I've seen is a result of what you all achieved. And, and what, they, what they fail to mention, I mean, they, they're quick to talk about the, the uh, people that were brave enough to stand up against leadership, which we see in short supply over in the Senate, OK? But yeah. what they fail to mention is the fact that Kevin McCarthy, garnered 209 Democrat votes and only 125 Republican votes to pass a continuing resolution. Clearly, he's working with the Democrats. He's representing the Democrats. And that was on, you know, just this weekend. uh, Back when the debt ceiling... issue was raised. We passed a debt ceiling package, Lou. You know we worked really hard on that. We were able to claw back the uh, residual revenue that was available from the COVID spending and the new green deal provisions and then take that and put it in our bucket and then uh, freeze the uh, spending levels at fiscal 22 and then increase the debt ceiling by 1.5 trillion or until March 11th of 24 so that we would still maintain some kind of control and again Kevin he didn't pass legislation with Republicans he went out and garnered 169 Democrat votes and 145 Republican votes to pass a debt ceiling package that gave them unlimited spending until January of 25 we are never going to get control over the national debt by allowing transactions like that to take place
1: Well, uh, you're going to have to stop just about everything Joe Biden uh, proposes because he is out of uh, he's out of his ever loving mind what he's doing. He's he's sending money that's not authorized. He is operating as a as a straight out, flat out authoritarian without any requirement to, to bring in the Congress of the United States to express the will of the people. We're talking with Congressman Matt Rosendale. We're coming right back. Stay with us. We're back talking with Congressman Matt Rosendale. Congressman, I, I, I'd like you to, uh, to, to listen to Kevin McCarthy. He had some words uh, for you and sp- specifically. Uh, I would like to, to roll that if we could, Mr. Fawcett. Interesting. I read a tweet the other day of uh, Matt Rosendale.
0: Um, he goes to mass every day. But you know what he said his prayer was all last year? That Republicans didn't have a big victory, that they had a
1: narrow victory. When you have members like that, that are part of your team, you got a tough team. Well, there, you, you know, he's uh, <laughs> admonishing you uh, for wanting to have more influence over that uh, Rhino conference. Uh, your
3: reaction to his words. People from Montana are glad that I'm tough. <laughs> that's first how that's first we'll start it off. But uh, 100%, I was hoping that we had a, a thin majority. Because I knew that that would give us the ability to move that conservative agenda forward, Lou. If we did not have a, a small majority, then we would be dealing with the same old nonsense that we do year after year after year, which has brought us $33 trillion of national debt. And guess what? I was right. That's why we passed H.R. 1. Uh, domestic energy policy uh, legislation that was very conservative. That's why we passed HR2. I've been told that was the most comprehensive and conservative border security and immigration legislation that has ever been passed in, in Washington. That's why we passed the National Defense Act, NDAA with all Republican votes had never been done before, including a 5.5% increase of uh, pay for our service members. But we also clawed back and made sure we removed all the taxpayer funding out of the NDAA for things like transgender surgeries and abortions that previously the, the more moderate members were afraid to extract. And by having a small group of very conservative members, yeah, we were able to get that accomplished and bring everyone along with us. So what are you, you, you mentioned
1: your your constituents, the people you res, represent back there in Montana? Your phone had to be run, run, ringing off the hook. Uh, what's been their reaction to uh, your position uh, to the vote uh, to replace the Speaker?
3: I have had very, very few people reach out to me and say that they were disappointed in that vote. I won't say that I haven't had any, but I've had very few. I mean, it's more like 25 or 30 to 1 saying we are so proud of the work that you have done, and we know that you're trying to rein in this out-of-control spending. And, and quite frankly, Lou, I mean, it's, it's very difficult for someone like me to sit here and be lectured by folks that have been here for several decades mm-hmm. about how I'm supposed to conduct my affairs, when they're the very people that have been in management of increasing the national debt to $33 trillion. I tell them, I think maybe we need to try something a little bit different. Let's try it my way. Let's talk about another fellow from Montana,
1: and that's Steve Daines. Uh, He had uh, strong words as well.
3: Uh, What do you say to him? Well, I think the strong words uh, are probably going to be floating around for another week is my guess because tensions are high and tempers are hot and, and people often say things that they regret, regret later on. And, and so I don't take any of it to heart, Lou. I really, really don't. I've been in a legislative body here for th- almost three years. I served in the Montana uh, legislature and, and some folks, the pressure, um, just it it, it it forces them to make statements that they often regret. So. I don't worry about it. I've got a very, very short memory when it comes to those kinds of things, and I very quickly get back to the work at hand, which is to make sure we pass those appropriation bills so that we don't have yet another continuing resolution around Thanksgiving.
1: Now, Danes is uh, in charge of that, uh, that money, that uh, Senate money. Uh, you know, is he? you think he's going to be the sort of fellow to kind of sh- short arm you on, the, uh, on that money come Election Day? I think that the voters across Montana will have to talk to him about that. I, I think that, you know, you, you can you you can immense judgment and wisdom, I must say. And I, and I tell you what, and great courage. I want to compliment you again. It, it must it is we look at what is happening in that town. Uh, the 118th Congress showed great promise. We're here in September. And if it weren't for you, uh, a brave eight, uh, I don't you know, we wouldn't be in too good a shape. I don't think the Republicans, by the way, uh, all these smart fellows over in the Senate in particular, and all the the you know, even the bow tied folks uh, in the House have much idea of just how frail um, the The public opinion is about what the Republicans are doing. Uh, You you have done something to ignite support in the base in this country. Uh, And I think that assures you at least an even shot at taking uh, uh, even more seats in the House and control of the Senate come 2024. What do you think?
3: I think the people across this nation need hope. And that's and that's they see things are bad, and they just need a glimmer of hope. And and this is why the pundits uh, and the pontificators do not understand the the absolute um, notoriety and support that Donald Trump has, because they 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 are out of touch with the the man on the street. They're out of touch with the regular Americans. When I, when I went back to the district in August, Lou, I can tell you something. I didn't go off on a fishing trip or go off on a Codell on some exotic location somewhere. I spent the month of August traveling around the state, meeting with my people, because guess what? I love the people I represent, and I listen to the folks that have businesses that are trying to make payroll that they themselves don't collect because they're trying to make sure that their, their employees are able to go home at the end of the week and, and make that pay Check, okay, and 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 I talk to those folks, and and when we stand up and fight for them, they have hope. They know it's still tough, but they have hope to come out and get up again and do it tomorrow. And, and that's what we are providing for these folks. They see that somebody is in there fighting for them,
1: and fighting and and winning. Uh, and that's really important. And it's uh, interesting to me because you you all. You know this, the the folks over at the Chamber of Commerce and the Business Roundtable, uh, those people are over there just puking themselves at what happened because they had a nice, comfortable arrangement with, uh, with Speaker McCarthy uh, and the boys over in the Senate. You know, the boys over in the Senate are a real problem. Uh, McConnell likes those buses. He loves omnibus bills. And he <laughs> is going to be fighting you tooth and nail because he's got an agenda all unto himself. And the... Uh, and the lily-livered uh, leadership over there means to let him have that because he they all want his money. Uh, so
3: how are you going to deal with it? That is exactly right. Boy, did you summarize that. And, and so that is why it's so critically important that the Speaker not only has a vision of where we need to go, but has the intestinal fortitude to take these battles on. Um, you've got to be able to walk over there and say, I'm not going to accept X or Y and there's got to be credibility, okay, in the words that you speak. And if you do not have that credibility, you're going to get rolled over. If you walk over to the Senate or to the White House and, and say where your stance are, but you wink and you nod and say, you know, but let's go ahead and work this out then then we are going to continue down this path and you after working on the financial channel for all that time know we're on the path to financial ruin we cannot continue to pile this debt on the american people the dollar is going to lose so much value that they won't be able to afford their day-to-day uh things that they need or we're going to end up having these other countries, which we see taking place right now, China, Russia, working together with Saudi Arabia to utilize the yuan instead of using the dollar as reserve currency, as the petrodollar. We see the BRICS getting together. If that happens, if the global community loses enough confidence in the dollar that it is no longer the reserve currency, we will see a financial collapse like no one in this country has ever witnessed. We're going
1: to get a forecast from you. Who do you want to be the speaker of the House of Representatives? We're going to come right back right after these uh, brief moments. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: We're back now with Congressman Matt Rosendale. Congressman, who do you want to be speaker? Do you have a favorite? I
3: don't. I'll tell you, I'm really, really uh, pleased though, Lou, that we're going to have, I understand we're going to have a forum on Tuesday, uh, here's what I find fascinating. Back in January, everyone was saying, if you don't want Kevin, then who do you want? Who do you want? Who are you going to put forward? And I, and I continue to say, there's a lot of very talented, intelligent people that are leaders that we could put up, but none of them want to put their hand up as long as the king is still on the throne because they are fearful of retribution. And everybody's like, oh, you know, they they, act, they didn't believe it. But let me tell you something. When Kevin McCarthy was removed yesterday, before midnight, five people came out and said they wanted to run for speaker. So exactly what we were talking about would happen has happened. And I think we're gonna have a good forum on Tuesday so that we can listen to the vision, okay? The vision and and, and listen to the people that, that want to be a leader of the Republican Party and see that they will make the commitments to us. And, and then try to judge them as best we can to whether they will stick by those commitments so that we can continue um, to do good things, to move a conservative agenda. I, I wanna listen to everybody. I've told folks today, I don't know who I'm gonna vote for. I, I can tell you there's only two people I know I will not vote for. I will not vote for Kevin McCarthy and I will not vote for Matt Rosendale as speaker, but everybody else, I'm gonna consider. Well, I think that that is
1: uh, a, both again, uh, a, why, <laughs> a wise and judicious uh, perspective. I, I, I think it is going to be important though to make certain you, you all don't make uh, uh, the same mistakes again because when we look back over this, what what has been tolerated, uh, you go back to Boehner, you go back to Ryan you go, and you go to uh, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, this is uh, it's outrageous because they they were all handpicked by their predecessor. And if it's business as usual, uh, you know, the, the country's doomed. I mean, you guys, you know, this you hold the future of the republic in your hands because the Senate is gone. The Senate is absolutely filled uh, with Republicans in name only. Rhinos at best, and if we can't have a free fair election in 2024, there's no point in the rest of this, is there? No,
3: there isn't. And and I will tell you that while I support uh, those efforts, I want to make sure that they are um, executed at the state level. What I do not want to do is have the federal government come in and start making any decisions about, about what is considered to be a free and fair election, because what I think is a free and fair election and how they should be conducted is certainly not going to be what Hakeem Jeffries believes is a is a free and fair election, and and once we start down that path of allowing the federal government to interfere, first of all, the Constitution clearly states that this these are things that are to be left to the states, and and I think it would just be a really really bad thing to do. Now, um, I do believe that there are some some opportunities where the federal government can continue to reward people for doing good things as far as making sure that they have the highest election integrity standards. And and that would be, you know, the carrot instead of the stick. And and and, and that is something well, that I think we can consider. We've gone through a lot here
1: today. Uh, I just want to once again say c- congratulations and thank you uh, and your colleagues for standing up uh, for what is right uh, and what gives this country
3: an assurance of a future. Well, your, your I thoughts. appreciate it. Lou, it's always great to be on with you. Um, I enjoy it because you are a straight talker, and you use common sense, and I can tell you that it's in a short order up here. I mean, it, it truly is. Uh, we've got a small group of individuals that is willing to sacrifice everything in order to preserve this republic. and as I look at my work up here, what I see or there are just far, far too many people that have made this a a career. And once this becomes your career, then every vote that you cast becomes tainted. I had a very successful career. I was blessed by God, uh, had a successful career in real estate, brokerage, development and management, raised my children, put them through school, and then had the opportunity to, to become a public servant. And so now I uh, look at every single question that comes before me and uh, vote upon it according to my convictions and according to the constitution and, and th- I let the politics work themselves out. And if we have more people doing that, then by golly, you all would be better served. And this place would be much smaller than than what it is right now. Congressman Matt Rosendale, we thank you so much and
1: appreciate you greatly. God bless you.
3: God bless you. And thank you for all your listeners, Lou. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for being
1: here today. Tomorrow, we're joined by the author of the terrific new book, Breaking Biden. His name is Alex Marlowe. He's with us here tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for that and each and every weekday. Follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs, on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And be sure to check out the all new LouDobbs.com. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless and save
2: America.